Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. .net. More accolades for Caitlin Clark as the Hawkeye star was named the winner of the Honda Cup, which is presented to the Collegiate Women's Athlete of the Year. Tickets for the Chiefs' November 5th game against the Dolphins in Frankfurt sold out in 15 minutes today. It'll be just the second NFL game ever played in Germany. Changes are expected for the NCAA's letter of intent program, with signees no longer penalized for asking out after a coaching change or transferring after one semester. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, hour number two. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Another keyword coming up in about 20 minutes. David Eichel, 25 minutes, covers Iowa. Right now, let's get to our friend Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com. It's one of those check marks that you uh, that you get through as you inch your way to football season. Frank Schwab, he counts down for number 32, all the way to the best team in, in his eyes for the upcoming season. He's at 20, I want to say 28 today. How are you, Frank Schwab? Good to talk to you again. Welcome back. Doing well, doing well, and yes, I, once the preview started, it's like, wow, yeah, football's really not that far off. No, indeed, uh, and one of those boxes that uh, both Trent and I check. So, uh, a lot of ground to cover with you. I'm going to get the selfish one out of the way first. Um, and, and you're in Denver, and um, and I'm a, and I'm a Broncos fan, um, and Sean Payton's now the coach. Why should Bronco fans have hope? Is it, is it false hope again? Are we are being are we being sold yet another bill of goods as we were this time last year? Or is there legitimate uh, reason to be uh, maybe not all in on this team, but to uh, to just not um, be as down on them as uh, so many of us were? Right, and I think the reason is the guy you mentioned, it's Sean Payton. I, I mean, to me, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I. I I think that's probably the popular opinion. I, what he did with the Saints was pretty remarkable. And look, I, I mean, if you're a Broncos fan looking for you know some optimism for this season, you look and you say we're going from you know maybe one of the worst coaches of the modern era to a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, what, other than other than anything that involved Urban Meyer, there's been no bigger upgrade at coach in the NFL in decades. I mean, it's it's night and day. So. You know, you start there. I mean, it doesn't mean you answer everything, but I think, you know, then it goes to the second biggest question, and that's Russell Wilson. Can Sean Payton turn Russell Wilson around? And that's a question that any Broncos story preview discussion you're going to have, it always comes back to that. Can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? And I don't know that necessarily Russell Wilson is going to just be a pro bowler again, like he was, I think, all every season in Seattle except one. But can he be a functional quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I think the template is Drew Brees at the end of his career. There was a there was an absolute demarcation in Drew Brees' career, where it's pretty clear that Sean Payton realized this just isn't the same guy anymore. He's aging, and nothing. There's nothing against Drew Brees. I love Drew Brees. I think he's top ten all time quarterback. But they leaned heavily into the run game. They made things 
kind of easier for Breeze, where he wasn't having to be the 5,000-yard quarterback anymore. And they had a lot of success. Uh, they played really well. So it's if you follow that same pattern, that same path with Russell Wilson, where he's not going to be the pro bowler everybody in Denver thought he'd be last year at this time. But he's just a good, solid quarterback doing his job, getting the ball to Jerry Judy and some of these other guys on offense, and they can run the ball well, play defense. I think there is that light at the end of the tunnel for Broncos fans. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but (laughs) you can at least – you can at least tell yourself that story where, hey, this Broncos team might be really, really improved this year. Yeah, and, I, and you hit the nail on the head. Get the ball to Jerry Judy. I mean, he's been so underutilized uh, in his uh, years, what, three years now in the league that you just, uh, you just you just want more. You know there's more there. Maybe this is when you're going to get it. Uh, speaking of um, is there more there, that's kind of the story where we're at league-wide when it comes to running backs as they hit their late 20s, not early 30s. It's late 20s now when these guys, like a Cook, like a Hunt, like an Ezekiel Elliott. There's just so many of them. I'm not sure how old Fournette is. He's either probably early 30s, but you get my point. Running backs, the shelf life, we've known about it, uh, that the league's been going in this direction, but there's some big names on the street, Frank Schwab. Yeah, and not to just go back to a Denver connection here, and also a Wisconsin connection, I guess, but Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon yeah. in a recent interview, yeah, Melvin Gordon in a recent interview said, it sucks being a running back. This is terrible. We it, Something needs to change, and I, I I feel for him. I don't know what can change. I don't know that a union can step in or anything. I mean, but you do look and you say, boy, Dallin Cook didn't seem that bad to me last right. year. And, and Ezekiel Elliott wasn't what, what he used to be, but he was still functional. And Kareem Hunt wasn't terrible either. But all of a sudden, the NFL just decides, <laughs> we're moving on. This is not... You know, I do think some of these guys will get jobs by the time the season starts. I think that you know, I don't know that, uh, maybe not Cream Hunt. I don't know. I mean, I, but you just, that's the thing. These guys are used to being stars and paid as such. And all of a sudden, there's not that market for them anymore. And maybe you can come into a Denver and be, you know, hey, you can, you can be the, you know, a timeshare with Samaj P. Ryan or whatever it's going to be while Javante Williams gets healthy. Or, you know, in a Dalvin Cook situation, you can go be just kind of, a a bit piece in, a, in an offense that, that wants to pass the ball a lot. But, yeah, it, it is, you know, as a running back in the NFL, you know, when guys like, I, you know, everybody kind of chuckled when J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens, he started complaining about wanting a pay raise and all this, and everybody kind of said, well, what have you done to deserve a pay raise? But I don't really, I don't really make fun of him because he knows, like everybody else at that position, you got to make your money right now. Like, you can't. You can't just assume, oh, yeah, I'll play this contract out and get my big deal after. Because that usually doesn't happen. And Austin Eckler complained. and You know, I, I mean, we've seen that happen. I think we're going to see it a lot more because, man, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that kids are going to stop being running backs just because NFL players aren't being paid. But you look, and, and at some point the talent is just going to drop off because if you're an absolute stud athlete – and you can say, okay, I can, I can be a running back, which was the, you know, the glamour position for all of our lives, basically, yep. must be, yep. you know, old men. Or, or I can go be a receiver, and, and look what Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams are getting paid and all that. I, I think it's a no-brainer, and you're going to see kind of a ta- – it's going to kind of snowball where we're going to see a talent drain at the running back position, and a kid like B. John Robinson in 10 years ain't going to be playing running back. Mm. He's going to be a pass rusher or – uh, you know, a really big receiver. I mean, he's, you know, the guys of that caliber 
aren't going to be running backs because they're going to say that, you know, I'm a five-star recruit, whatever I, you know, whatever, whatever. Why would I be a running back? That position, as Melvin Gordon said, it sucks to play right now. It really does. Uh, by all accounts, Brock Purdy's uh, ahead of schedule. I believe he's in Orlando, uh, actually working on in front of an, uh, an orthopedic, uh, mm-hmm. one, one of his trainers or whatever. Um, if he is, if he is healthy, is there is there any doubt in your mind that he will be the number one? And, and if so, can we repeat? Do you expect an encore? The league's figured him out. They've watched tape on him now. What do you expect for Purdy? And will he be there week one? Yeah, and I think if if, if he's healthy, plays. I, I mean, I think that San Francisco's given every indication he's their guy. And once he's physically ready, he is their starting quarterback. And I don't really think Sam Darnold and I mean, I guess Trey Lance at this point. I, I don't. I don't know what happened with Trey Lance. I mean, not that you turned this to Trey Lance because you asked about Purdy. I know why with the Iowa connection mm-hmm, there. But mm-hmm. Trey Lance is just turning out to be one of the biggest debacles in NFL history. The Look what the 49ers gave up to get this guy. And he's going to end up making, what is it, three starts? I mean, I don't know what it is. I haven't. I never gave up on him talent-wise, but... When you know you hear something like Darnold is beating him out in camp right now, you know as you head into training camp, I'm talking about OTAs. He's beating him out. You're like, man, the 49ers have soured on him to an uh, to an extent that he might not be on their roster on opening day, and they might just cut him. I mean, I just it's shocking. But you get back to Purdy, and one thing I I don't think anybody's mentioning this, and I don't like to mention this because Purdy's such a great story, and he'd be awesome for the NFL it's not necessarily a guarantee that he's the same guy off that elbow surgery. Mm. I, there's, so, there's so few instances of UCL issues with NFL quarterbacks, but the times we have seen it hasn't been good. Ben Roethlisberger being a really good example lately. Now he was an old man, and I mean, you know, he was bound to hit the wall anyway, but when your whole you know, I, I, profession is throwing a ball, Having your right elbow be screwed up is pretty bad. I mean, it's, I'm no doctor, but I, I can figure that one out. And you know, I mean, it's not you know we've had enough baseball pitchers come through with UCLs to know, you know, you get your control back after about 18 months or whatever. Blah blah blah. We don't know that for the NFL necessarily, and I don't think Brock Purdy had the kind of arm where he could lose something off of it. It's it's not a hundred mile an hour fastball guy moving to ninety eight. Mm-hmm. It's more like a ninety one mile an hour fastball guy moving to eighty nine, and that makes a big difference. I and I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. He could come back good as new. He could pick up right where he left off. He could play great with that awesome coaching staff, great supporting players around him. I don't discount that, but I'm a little skeptical just because. I mean, it was probably bias over his draft position and all that kind of stuff. I can't lie. Like, you, you just kind of expect, okay, when's midnight going to hit for this guy? But I think the elbow injury just adds a, a, a layer of worry that, you know, I mean, most times you'd, you'd be skeptical anyway to say, like you said, please go figure him out, this and that. But how all of that added on to the fact that he's coming off this major elbow injury. And, yeah, it's it, the San Francisco 49ers have to be more concerned than they're letting on. Seattle was a surprise participant a year ago in the playoffs. Do they have another step in them? Do you see them head and shoulders right up there with the 49ers, or was that more of a blip? Do you anticipate? We see this a lot, kind of that surprise team, and then takes a step back the following year. Where are you on the Seahawks? I, I really like the Seahawks. I do. I mean, you start looking at their offense, and everybody kind of chuckled about the Zach uh, Charbonnet pick because, of course, the Seattle Seahawks are going to overdraft a running back after Kenneth Walker was so great for them last year. But 
they keep adding pieces. And the Russell Wilson trade really paying off for them. Uh, you know, you look at that offense all of a sudden, and it's it could be one of the top five offenses in the NFL. But a lot of this has to do with the trust Geno. And I get it. It's hypocritical for me to be like, I'm skeptical of Purdy, but I'm full speed ahead on Geno. But I am. I, I think Geno can be a, exactly what he was last year. And with those guys around him, play really well. And Seattle really improved this defense. The defense stunk last year. It was, it was bad. But I think that they've made enough improvements, and I trust Pete enough as a defensive mind that they're going to be solid on defense, great on offense. And I'm picking them at their odds to win the NFC West. I, mm-hmm. I, I just can't pick a team. You know, everybody, you know, the San Francisco is way up there in the odds. I think they have tied for the highest win total in the NFC, all that kind of stuff. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I know who Seattle's quarterback's going to be, and he's played pretty well last year. So I think Seattle's here to stay, and I think they take another step forward. I think that their offense could be really, really good this year when you start to look at what they have. Uh, Frank Schwab covers the NFL for YahooSports.com, also uh, covers sports wagering uh, for Yahoo Sports. So, so let's kind of go down both paths here. Because uh, I always try to find that one team, that wise guy team, and you know, in- inevitably everybody jumps on it, and, and so I, you know, and, and it shoots craps. Where, who are you? Who are you backing in the NFC South this year? Because that's where my wise guy oh, team boy. is. Who wins the South? I- I'm interested to see what you have to say because I, I did just write the Falcons preview, and I was like, man, there's a lot to like here with that defense. That's my squad. That defense was bad. That's my yeah, team, and I can see it. I, I can see exactly. Desmond Ritter doesn't need to be a superstar. They're going to want to run the ball. And the defense, especially rushing the passer, has been terrible the last two years. But they've added, you know, three, four, five guys where, you know, if a couple of those guys hit, and all of a sudden they're a mediocre pass rushing team, they can be pretty good. The Saints are kind of the, they're the favorite, and I'm going to have them ranked ahead of the Falcons. But I'm more skeptical of them the longer the offseason goes. They do have some talent, but... I mean, quarterback play wasn't really their problem last year. As crazy as that sounds, Andy Dalton wasn't bad. If you look at all the stats, they were a pretty good passing offense last year. Is Derek Carr really the guy to take him to that next level? <laughs> I don't know. I I like Derek Carr enough, but I don't think he's he's some, you know, we just added Tom Brady three years ago like the Buccaneers did type of guy. I think he's more, he's good, he's solid. And, yeah, I think I think the Falcons are the one team that's, if, if it all comes together, I hated to be John Robinson pick because I just thought he was overdrafted as a running back, but he's a great player. I mean, he's going to add the value to what they do for sure. So definitely ain't going to be the Buccaneers. I can't see that happening. I think the Panthers are interesting, but eh, I, I think they're still your way, Bryce Young. And then I just the Falcons are that one team where it could really pop for them. I, it's, I get where you're coming from with the Falcons because, again, when I was writing it, when I write these previews, I mean, I spend a pretty much a day just studying them, reading about them, watching stuff, whatever I can do. And at the end, I'm like, maybe I got this team ranked too low because there's a possibility there for this all to really come together fast and for them to be really good this season. Frank Schwab joining us to look around the NFL. All right, Frank, I want to jump to my team, the Bears, as your summer preview continues. Didn't get very far as he started at 32 (laughs) to get to Chicago at number 30. I'm with you. Um, I am not ready to be certainly anticipating a big step forward this year. It's certainly this season, though, all about Justin Fields and his development, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's a, the thing that shocked me is, going back to the sports betting side of this, 
is their win total of 7.5. I'm like, where do those five wins come from? This is a 3-14 and 14 team last year. You're telling me they're going to improve by five wins. Hmm. I don't love what they did this offseason. Yeah, they added guys. Tremaine Edmonds, good player. TJ Edwards on Wisconsin, all that kind of stuff. But the, the, they didn't add to their defensive front. I, I like DJ Moore a lot, but we still have a lot of questions about Justin Fields as a passer. Now, I, I, think, the, I think a lot of Justin Fields. I think he's a heck of a player. But he wasn't this player who... I'm going to be Michael Vick. Like, that was a wow. Like, where did that come from? And now he's got that skill, and he's going to hold that forward. But I don't know that necessarily that's his path to being a great quarterback. It was what he did at Ohio State, which was really, really good. Throwing the ball, getting the ball to his receivers. And can we see that step this year? And that's one thing that could happen. It might happen that year three, he has the, the Jalen Hurts jump. And all of a sudden, we're like, wow, okay, well, this guy's one of the best quarterbacks in football and the Bears are here in seven and a half, uh, dumb for me to take the under because they're going to breeze by that. I, I, I fully see that as a reasonable scenario, but I kind of need to see it first. I, for as, again, for as much as Justin Fields was just electric at the end of last year, he has a, he just wasn't a good passer. Now you could say he had terrible offensive line, he had no receivers. That's fair. That's totally fair, and, and we'll see this year. But I think they did right. And for all the, the talk of, oh, the Bears should trade Justin Fields now and draft Bryce Young. I thought that was ridiculous. I, I thought Justin Fields showed enough last year that you say, okay, let's see what we got for this guy. Let's use that first pick to you know, store a stock up around him, including D.J. Moore. Let's give this kid a real chance to succeed. So I think they did the right thing. I, I like Justin Fields. I like the path he's on. But like you said, I kind of just – I don't think it's going to happen this year. I don't think we're going to look up and see the Bears being one of those, oh, my goodness, they went from three wins to ten. I just I just don't see that for them this year. But it all depends on Fields. If he has that Tua jump, the, the Jalen Hurts jump, I mean, yeah, then all of a sudden the Bears might be in playoff contention. Uh, let's finish up with this, Frank, and stay in that division where the Lions are favored. Vikings won 13 games last year. Packers have a new quarterback. What if Love can play? They're they're, they're what six to one. Trent, yeah. did you say? Yeah. Um, where where are you on? Are you on that division, Frank? On the North, how do you see it? Yeah, and I kind of have the same reaction of everybody saying, "Well, Jordan Love's an unknown, so the Packers are going to stink." Well, he's an unknown. We don't know. He might be good. There was a reason he was a first round pick three years ago. Like this, he has some talent. I. He started one NFL game. He has 83 career passes. We don't know what he is as an NFL player, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it makes it tough to you know, really determine what the Packers are going to be this year, but it doesn't mean they're going to be bad. I mean, if, if you want to say, look, Jordan Love, mistake-prone to Utah State, really hasn't shown much in those 83 passes. I'm out on them. I'm fading them. Okay, I, I get it. Like that, That's perfectly reasonable. But it's also perfectly reasonable to say, what if Jordan Love's a top-15 quarterback right away? What's holding him back from being that? Then they have, you look at, let's say, let, let's say he's a 15th best quarterback in football, right? All of a sudden you look and you say, they got two really good running backs. They got this really exciting young receiver core that, that can mm-hmm. really take a big step in year two. They have a defense that I don't know what exactly happened to them last year, but at this time last year, everybody was saying that defense should be a top 10 unit. Everybody loved that defense. What if they just had a weird year where Joe Barry had a bad year calling plays and they just bounced back this year? I'm not out on the Packers. I think the Packers are going to be in playoff contention. And I know a lot of people, especially like Vikings and Bears fans, hate to hear that. But <laughs> I, I just don't see why why the Packers all of a sudden have to be bad just because they're changing quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers wasn't great last year. He was good. I, I'm not saying he was god-awful or anything. And, and there was a lot of things working against him as far as youth the receiver and all that. But he wasn't like 
MVP level Aaron Rodgers? Can can Jordan Love just be middle of the road quarterback? Well, there's a lot to like around him. To where I'm not out on the Packers. I'll pick the Lions to win the division like everybody else. I'll pick the Vikings to regress like everybody else will because we all know that they were you know out in front of their skis last year with that record. But the, the team to me that you know you talk about the Falcons being your kind of wise guy play mm-hmm. and the team are just like I'm planting my flag right here. And if if they're bad early in the year, I'm gonna lose a lot of money betting on them. Packers for me. I think the Packers are being really, really underrated right now because of the change of quarterback where I don't necessarily think to change a quarterback's the end of the world. I think maybe Jordan Love can play and we just don't know it yet. I'm right there with you and same line of thinking. So I saw your video that came out. I'm not sure when it came out talking about betting the division. Bears under. You told us that. Absolutely. Nope. You had the Lions winning the division, picking that along with the Packers bet there. I just hate the Lions' price more than anything. I love the talent. It's been 30 years, but at that price, are you really going to have that part of your portfolio, Lions plus 130 or whatever it is? Yeah, they they haven't won the division since 1993. I mean, this is still the Lions. And, I I mean, you start to look under the hood of what the Lions did last year, and everybody talks about, oh, they won eight or last nine or whatever it was. Yeah, they also lost eight of their first nine. Or what, you know, I mean, it, you can't just separate it. Like, this still was a team that was like one and seven at one point, firing your defense coordinator. So, yeah, I I like the Lions, but there's something holding me back. And it's probably just the history of the Lions. That's not, that's not necessarily fair to this crew. Whatever happened in 1998 really doesn't matter to this season's Lions, but it's still in the back of my head. But I will say, I don't know if I said it in that video, one of my favorite bets of the year is Matt LaFleur, coach of the year. Because if we talk, go back to Packers real quick. Mm. Packers make the playoffs or win the division. Who gets the credit all of a sudden? Yeah. People are going to look and say, maybe Matt LaFleur wasn't just an Aaron Rodgers creation. Look at this record where he's mm. 25 games over 500 in his career. Maybe Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. And now that he's done with Jordan Love, we're going to give him his flowers and give him coach of the year. And right now, you can find himself probably 30 to 1. Wow. Uh, he's, no, nobody's really looking at that angle, but I can see the way it could unfold that the Packers are really good this year. That's a really good, uh, some really good advice. I'm doing the same thing with Arthur Smith now that you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. Frank, thanks for being so generous with your time. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thank you, Frank Schwab. Sounds great, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com, where he covers the NFL and where he covers sports wagering. Time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com right now, and you can enter this nationwide keyword, green, for your chance to win $1,000. It's green at KXNO.com. Green KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000. That's this hour's keyword, green. More opportunities coming up. Plenty of them coming up. Two more with Murph and Andy. Three uh, with Heather and Sean as they take you home from 3 until 6. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3KTL.net. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now... We have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing. Steer right!
Nick. Umpires are in short supply and are greatly needed. Now you can become a youth umpire for baseball and fast pitch with Iowa U-Triple-S-A sports officials and Central Iowa Sports. Be around the game that you love and the greatest part-time opportunity ever where you can make great money. They offer on-field training and no experience required to apply. For more information to get back into the game, go to IA. USO.com. That's IAUSO.com and get back. 3070. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rate. Play Circa Million, where you make five picks against the spread each week with 100% payback. Or join Circus Survivor, where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Now back to Middle and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Good morning, Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. We take you until 1 o'clock. Trends plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that segment. It's coming up in about 15 minutes. Again, the keyword for this hour was green. Green at kxno.com. Well, it's Swarm Lager versus Ames Lager. Let the drinking contest begin, and you know what's going to happen. Uh, speaking of the Swarm, David Eichel, I believe, is at a golf fundraiser uh, in uh, the Iowa City area today. There's been some news. Uh, Hawkeye recruiting-wise, let's get David. Eicholt in here, uh, HawkeyeInsider.com. Uh, how are you, David Eicholt? What's going on with you? What's going on, fellas? No, I appreciate you having me. No, it's a beautiful day out here. Couldn't have asked for it. I mean, no wind, uh, just nice overcast, nothing too outrageous. But, yeah, definitely a busy day. And uh, intense. I expect it to get a lot busier oh. here in the next couple of hours. So it's, uh, I think it's a really, really good day for Iowa fans, to say the least. So this past weekend proved uh, proved very fruitful. Is that what you're saying? I would say yes. I mean, there's been some discussion about Iowa potentially sweeping the everybody that officially. I don't think that that's going to happen sometime in the next couple of days, but maybe the next three weeks. I do think it's possible that everybody that officially visited uh, that was not committed to Iowa already could end up committing wow. within the next month or so. I think Iowa feels really, really good about where they sit. I'm hearing some good things behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Kirk Ferentz and company, not that they'll ever coast because you definitely can't coast recruiting-wise in the NIL era, but I think they are, have a very strong start to this class. And, of course, they'll keep two or three spots open uh, as the senior season goes along to the high school classes. And Phil Parker will find – some defensive back from a town of like a 300 population, just, you know, keep away from everybody. That's just typically how he goes about his business. But yeah, it's, uh, Iowa feels really, really good about where they're sitting right now. And I, I, you know, it's very rare that you have one big recruiting weekend and everybody ends up committing. But again, I don't think it's, it's not a done deal by any means, but it's certainly possible, I would say, with, with the information I have right now. That is crazy to think about, to get every single guy that you bring on campus and, and to kind of hit the home run that you're hoping for. Look, they've had good recruiting weekends like this, but but nothing at that level. So what is it? Is it just a group? Was it just a special weekend that everything came together? Or was it targeting the right guys? I know it's a confluence and a little bit of everything, but what's the biggest factor that this recruiting weekend went so well? 
Yeah, you know, I think that's a very interesting question. I think it's a combination of things. I think Iowa's had a really good relationship with a lot of these kids that, you know, ended up visiting. But you also look at this. I mean, think about Devin Kennedy, who's already committed. Mm -hmm. He committed yesterday. He's a defensive lineman. He's only been playing football for 10 months, son of, you know, a former Penn State first-rounder and Super Bowl champion as well. And he only had 12 tackles on his season. He's been doing some camps and such. But, you know, six foot three and a half. Seven foot wingspan. I mean, he's put on 40 pounds since the end of his senior, you know, junior season. I'm expecting him to continue to rise in 24 7 sports rankings. So I think it's a combination of things. Might also be remiss. Remember, there were a couple other targets Iowa was supposed to get on campus and they canceled, I believe, about 24 to 48 hours before it happened. Eric Carner, the tight end, who ended up committing to Texas AM, and Charlie Becker out in Nashville, who ended up committing to Indiana. Um, so you have to take that into consideration. But, again, everybody who's visiting, I think Iowa had a really good relationship. I think it's a good combination of in-state targets that they've built a good rapport with and also some of the under-the-radar guys that really haven't, I think, blown up as much as they should. Again, Devin Candy, I think he's going to be a guy. It would not surprise me at the big senior season if he reels in another 8 to 10 Power 5 offers. I, I really, really like his upside. Uh, Trent was mentioning this earlier in the program, uh, and, and you and uh, your colleague Sean Bach, and you mentioned it. Uh, the in-state domination for 2024 Hawkeyes uh, would have two through eight now. The one kid over in Council Bluffs is the one guy that's still uh, still out there. Why is that? Iowa State seemed to be, you know, uh, doing pretty well yeah. as of late. I started to cut into that, but I was uh, back uh, just leading the charge. What's behind it? I mean, I think you need to look at the early commitments as well. I mean, you think of Cody Fox, his brother was on the team. He was the first commit in this 2024 class, a four-star by 24-7 sports. Derek Weiskopf, Cam Buffington. I mean, these are guys that have really grown up Iowa fans, and Iowa offered them very, very early. So once they got the offer, it was pretty much a done deal from that point. But, yeah, as you mentioned, Grant Bricks, who's the number one prospect in the state of Iowa by 24-7 sports, who all uh, – was just offered by Alabama, by the way, mm. a couple weeks ago. He went on a visit down there as well. So he's, he's a very high-level prospect. And I think Jacob Simpson, who's number nine, tight end, he's going to Minnesota. But, you know, I think it's just a combination of Iowa getting the guys in the fold early. I don't want to say Aaron Graves, like, because Aaron Graves is such a unique case. I mean, the guy was offered at 14 years old, didn't really care about any other schools coming. He told his coach to – send all the other schools away or why bother i want to go to iowa and that was before iowa even ended up being his first offer so i think it's just a lot of iowa fans i think they've seen what iowa's done over the past five or six seasons especially because you think about this influx of kids that are coming up right now in the state of iowa it's arguably kirk ferentz's one of his most successful you know five to six year runs as being the university of iowa head coach so when these guys are growing up, going to games, watching football on TV, they are seeing a good Iowa football team on the field with a historic defense, a historic special teams. And I think when you combine that with the culture, you know, that Kirk Ferentz and company have built, I, I think that's what, you know, has led to, you know, Iowa dominating 2024. But I will say the talent in this state, high school football wise, is continuing to get better and better and better and deeper. I think 2025 could be a really solid class as well. And some national guys are going to be certainly a big part of that class. One in our backyard, Zay Robinson, wide receiver out of Valley, and saw he uh, just picked up another big offer just the other day. So with that, speaking of wide receiver position, Reese Vanderzee, not easy to recruit wide receivers at Iowa. And when you're a big X receiver, the success that Iowa State has had, 
Probably an easier sell there. Tell us about Vanderzee and why this feels like it's really important for Iowa to get a wide receiver and get one that Iowa State was after and probably had more to sell as it pertains to the position. No, you're absolutely right. I think it's a big win for Iowa just simply because they were able to, you know, win out in the end. Because I think you look at Iowa State's offense, you look at their wide receivers that they've turned out. I know, you know, Hakeem Butler hasn't had the career in the NFL that many thought he would, but I always thought he was a very talented mm-hmm. receiver, very high upside. Xavier Hutchinson, Alan Lazard, obviously, who just left my beloved Packers. But now it's basically the New York Packers at this point. I, I don't know what else to say about the New York Jets, but... No, as you mentioned, Vanderzee, I really like him as a prospect. I think he needs to continue to work on getting in and out of his breaks. But you also look at his production, 32 catches last season, 10 of which went for touchdowns, had four interceptions playing on defense as well, and scored the only touchdown in the state title game. And I think you look back at Iowa's wide receiving threats that they've had over recent years. Brody Brecht was a big loss on the football side thing, so I really liked him as a prospect coming up. But, I, again, nobody can blame him for what he's doing for the baseball side of things. I mean, with a big year, I think he could be a potential first or second rounder in the following MLB draft. But I do think Iowa's really needed that red zone, big wide receiver. Get up, go get it. And you look at Vanderzee's production, I think it's a very, very nice take for Iowa. And especially if you can put 20, 25 more pounds on his frame and he can – you know, become a better blocker and really go up and get the football. I think it's certainly a nice, nice pickup. But as you mentioned, to get a win over Iowa State from a wide receiver perspective, I think Kirk and company need to feel pretty, pretty good about it. Hmm. Uh, to the women's game, Caitlin Clark took uh, some more hardware, maybe more to come uh, before the offseason comes to an end. She was asking a question about uh, you know, what it'll mean when she gets, and I'm paraphrasing, her opportunity to play in the WNBA. And she stopped and said, well, i got one or two more years left of college eligibility. What would it take for her to come back for the second uh, for, to to use that extra year? What will it take, and what are the chances as we sit here and uh, you know on the precipice of July? We're a long way away from her making that decision, but what will go into it ultimately? Do you think? You know, I think it's a couple things. I mean, you guys have known Caitlin for years. She she's just wired differently. And by the way, I, I feel bad for her parents because I don't know where they're fitting all that hardware that she's taken home over the past three years, especially this season and obviously next season. I think it's truly a coin flip. I think the biggest factor for Caitlin are two things. One, if she comes back for her fifth year, nobody's ever going to break her record statistically. It's just not going to happen, ever. She will solidify herself as the number one scorer, potentially number one assister. And the crazy stat that I looked up as well, guys, throughout her time at Iowa, she's averaging 1.2 points, rebounds, and assists per minute played what it's it's one of the most ridiculous stats i've ever i've ever heard in my life i think the thing that's going to be the big separator and this is not directly from her camp but this is just based on interviewing her over the past several years and kind of where her head's kind of at i think iowa is going to need to explore the transfer portal heavily next year i think if caitlin comes back it's going to be hey we have a shot at winning a national title I think that's going to be the big, big deal for her because I think, you know, you look back at the final four run that they just went on, you know how painful it was for them to lose that national championship. Yes, they were happy they made the final four. That was the goal. But after that, they ramped it up another notch, and they want to win a national title. So I think Lisa Bluter would just have to put a roster in front of her and say, hey, this is what we got. This is what I think we can do. But as far as NIL and everything like that, I really, really don't think that that's going to play a big factor in Caitlin coming back. 
David Eichel, 24-7 Sports Hawkeye Insider. Uh, more news potentially still to come. Uh, follow David on Twitter or subscribe to the website. You guys got anything going on over there you'd like to promote, David? Yeah, 50% off VIP sub annual subscription. Sean has done an outstanding job covering the recruiting weekend. And again, I would say look out within the next you know hour or so. I think there's going to be some big news and more articles at HawkeyeInspired.com. But uh, no, I appreciate you fellas always having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Thank you, David Eichel. Yeah, take care, fellas. Thank you. David Eichel, 24-7 Sports, Cyclone, Cyclone HawkeyeInsider.com. 12.45, plays the day. Two and four yesterday. You were two and four? Yeah. Did you get the right two? No, nah, I got one of the dogs, but I went too deep into it. I, I was just so happy to have that LSU ticket in my back pocket. Yeah, eight to, eight to one or eight and a half to one? Uh, plus 850, yeah. Good for you. That was a good one. I loved what Frank Schwab told us earlier today about maybe jumping aboard with a yeah, couple of those that's longer interesting. shots. Yeah, I like, I like the thought process behind that, getting into the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. No, I saw one site had Andy Reid at like fifty to one, just because. What? The, oh, because well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, right. they can go fifteen and two, mm-hmm. and he's not going to win Coach of the Year, right? So find it like you are looking at the NFC South. Arthur Smith, I, if the price is right, mm-hmm. I think that's one that makes a whole lot of sense. And can, can you imagine being him as far as job security? You know, if it doesn't work out, yeah. and I and I lose my gig, my dad owns FedEx. I'm good, right? <laughs> I don't mean kids are in the family. But there's a lot of FedEx money. I mean, he owns Federal Express. He's going to be fine. Going to be fine. He's a good coach, though. Yes, he's a good coach. And this that division is so winnable, Trent. It, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. It's wide open. I don't buy the Saints. I I'm with you. I just don't like Dennis Allen. Yeah, true. I think he's in over his head. I think he's a good defensive coach. He is. But you saw it firsthand with like a guy like Wade Phillips. Mm-hmm. Great defense. A yeah. great right. defensive coordinator. Yep. Not a head coach. Nope. And I think we might be trending in this direction. Hey, it's just your number two officially mm-hmm. for him. I get that. And maybe jumping too far ahead. But that's one I absolutely believe is something. So we got awards here. Let's see if they got it up. DraftKings got a slew of them. Defensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Comeback player of the year. Here it is. Coach of the year. All oh, right. Here we this go. is on DraftKings. Yep. We both have accounts there. And the betting favorite is Dan Campbell. Plus 850. Okay. Sean Payton, 9-1. to one. Look at that. Matt Eberflus at eleven to one. What? Whoa! Arthur Smith is the fourth choice. Just See, fourteen to one. That's not enough. That's not big enough price. Even Lafleur is only sixteen to one. So other I people, shop around. Yes, other people definitely have the same kind of idea. I want to see if there's a guy maybe a little bit deeper that jumps out. I'm higher on the Patriots. Where than does DraftKings have uh, have Andy Reid? Andy Reid is fifty to one. Him okay. and Todd Bowles are the two long shots. Okay. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Josh McDaniels, no. Kevin O'Connell after last year. What's he no. at? No, 35 to 1. Mm-hmm. Not going to win it back to back years. Harbaugh, 30 to 1. Renaissance out of Baltimore. A lot of people like the Ravens this year, Trent. You know, I got more tickets on them. Yeah. Kind of like you and the Chargers. You mean it's the me Chargers? And the Ravens. You and the Ravens, yep. yep. Now, I've been a little more successful with mine than you have with yours, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> Maybe Belich- Belichick has never won coach of the year. And what is he? 25 to 1. And he's never won. He's coach never of the year. won. I'm almost positive of that. I remember hearing that at one time. I gotta check the go to the research team and see if we can find that officially. I don't believe he's ever won coach of the year. Well, while you're doing your research, find if there's a coach that's won seven games and won coach of the year because I think the Patriots gonna stink. You're higher on that division than I am. Is Tua gonna last the year? Uh, fair. Bills if he are does, taking a step back. 
See, I agree with you there. I do think the Bills take a step back. I think the Jets take a step forward. Step forward. I mean, I think that there'll be a nine-win team. Nine, yeah, like nine, nine and, and eight. Nine, nine and eight, ten and seven, somewhere in there. All right, your picks of the day. They're coming up next. Uh, Circus, Spon- Circus Sports sponsors those. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Let's ride. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts, or join Circa Survivor. Select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Circus Sports Iowa encourages you to gamble responsibly. Problems with gambling? Call or visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Play of the Day. Let's get to him. Trent, running out of show. Yeah, lost 1.8 units yesterday, and we have a rarity today. We got a double play. That's right, we're putting 2.2 units on one of the games here this evening. Kick things off. Give me the Pirates against the Padres, plus 160 with old man Rich Hill on the mind, mm. the crafty lefty. Like the matchup there at home, give me the Pirates, plus 160. Apparently finger pointing is starting in the Padres clubhouse. There has been a lot of rumblings. Yep. Things are not very fun yep. in the back room. Brew Crew, right back at it, plus 128 against the Mets. As you said earlier, that Mets team is just... Can't hit. When, when they hit, they can't pitch. It's not coming together. Give me the Brewers plus 128. Phillies minus 126. Here's my theory. Team coming off of what we just saw over in London. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to fade minus 126 for the Phillies tonight. Also, give me the Yankees. It's only minus 130. I know Blackbird's going. He's by far the best pitcher for Oakland, but still, only minus 130 for the Yankees. Mm. Are you hearing Judge might be out for the rest of the year? Oh, I hadn't seen that, no. It's not good. He's got oh. a torn ligaments in a toe, apparently. That sounds painful. It does. On top of it. And here's the double play. Uh-oh. Back to the well again. Coming off of London. The Astros with Framber Valdez, who we both love mm-hmm. watching pitch. Mm-hmm. They're minus 107 at the Cardinals. Seems too good to be true. Hmm. Double play. 2.2 units. On the Strohs, minus 107. Best of the day, Framber Valdez, a Cy Young candidate going up against the last place Cardinals. Murph and Andy, they start in five minutes. The drive with Heather and Sean, three until six. More keyword opportunities coming up uh, throughout the afternoon. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I weekdays from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. And up.